myself that I'm not doing goals or resolutions this year and I'm going to invite you to potentially do the same. Ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. So welcome and thank you for tuning in. This is the last podcast of 2016. So looking through YouTube yesterday, I really felt kind of like attacked by all these videos and headlines that I saw in my feed. And they were all about goal setting, right? And setting your resolution and live your dream life right now. And, you know, follow these steps or do this or do what I do. And, you know, all of a sudden you're going to have this incredible 2017. So honestly, I think that's great. And I think that anything that gets people setting goals or reflecting on their life is a good thing. Anything that gets people to self-reflect is great. So New Year's is wonderful in the sense that people who even aren't into yoga tend to do a little bit more self-reflection and self-inquiry than usual, which is awesome. But I did want to share with you that I'm actually making no resolutions this year for the first time ever. And bigger news even than that is I'm actually not even making any goals for 2017 of things that I want to achieve or do. And that's very different for me because I'm a very type A goal oriented person, which is one of the reasons I'm so proud actually that I am just not participating in that this year and what I'm doing instead, which I'm excited to share with you. So the backstory here is that I've really been reconnecting with the Yoga Sutras this month. As many of you know, I am now offering yoga teacher training online and I'm creating dozens of hours of philosophy content and oh my gosh, there's just so much cool content. So if you're interested in yoga teacher training or signing up for next round, uh, go to brettlarkin.com forward slash train and enter your info there so you can be the first to know when training reopens and get the early bird savings rate. Um, if you're interested in it. So honestly, it's been such a gift to dive back into all this material so deeply in creating my own lectures and videos around this. And the sutras, and actually a lot of Buddhism as well, is rooted in this idea that all of our problems and all of our suffering in this life is due to our attachment to external things. And what does that mean? It's like due to... Um, our attachment to outcomes in life, right? And most of us were already so attached to, to certain outcomes and we're so attached to external things. Like most of us are attached to our identity, which involves our clothes and our jobs and our house. And, you know, I gave an example recently of like this beautiful new jacket that I just got. I'm very attached to it. I don't want it to get dirty. Um, you know, you always hear like the story of like someone who gets a new sports car and they're so excited because they love the sports car and then they pick you up to go for a ride and they're like, okay, take your shoes off before you get in the car. Don't scratch it. Don't, you know, like they're, they have this beautiful new object, but that object is actually also kind of causing them pain because they're so attached to it or they're, you know, worried about it not being perfect anymore. So anyway, we all have so many attachments and there's so many things we can't control in life. So many outcomes we desire, right? We want our spouse to be happy. We want our kids to be happy. We want the sun to be shining. We want, you know, the bus to be on time. We are so attached to so many things. And the big question that came up for me was, does the addition of creating goals, right, make us even more attached to external outcomes than we already are? Because this is something we all already, from a yoga sutras perspective, struggle with quite a bit. So, 
For example, say I have the goal, which is a goal that I have, to reach 100,000 YouTube subscribers. And at the time of this recording, I think I have around 75,000. So obviously reaching 100,000 would be great because it's a huge milestone and YouTube mails you a plaque and it's a big ego boost, right? It's, it's a cool metric to hit. So having that goal is good in one way, right? Because it might motivate some of my daily actions. And that's most people who are goal oriented, I think they see goals as being positive for this reason, right? If I have the goal of reaching 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, it might motivate me to create better content, to post that content regularly, to take action on a lot of the things that would make that goal a reality. So on the one hand, that's all good. At the same time, it increases my attachment to this particular outcome, meaning that if I choose to make that my goal and focus on it, the days when my subscriber numbers are strong would be like good days, right? I'd feel good and happy. And the days when the subscriber numbers were maybe not as high would be kind of bad. I might feel sort of sad that things weren't going my way. So my point here is that goals, if you're attached to them, this is again according to yogic philosophy, they trap you in this box. And I think of it as like a glass box. And once you're inside that glass box of a goal, all the events you see from within the box, the box kind of is like a sunglasses layer over your vision, (laughs) Um, you start to view everything as subsequently pleasurable or painful. And there's a quote that is roughly translated from Sanskrit, so it may not sound like the most beautiful quote, but it is that experiences are not valuable because of their initial pleasurable or painful impacts, but by whether or not they lead to the lessening of ignorance and the revelation of self. So let me read that again. Experiences are not valuable because of their initial pleasurable or painful impacts, but by whether or not they lead to the lessening of ignorance and the revelation of self. And this is really cool because according to Patanjali, the author of the Yoga Sutras, he's saying that pain and pleasure and attachment and aversion are kind of the same thing. They're both just ignorance and drama and noise that's sort of just distracting us. And that it's almost silly because here's the thing, guys, nothing is permanent. Like that beautiful jacket that I love is going to get destroyed. My dog's going to jump on it. There's no stopping that eventuality. And the guy with the awesome new sports car, you know, at some point he's going to get in an accidental fender bender and that car is going to end up in the shop, right? So anytime we attach to things or try to have aversion to certain outcomes, like the jacket not getting destroyed or the car not getting hit or whatever, like we can't control so much of life. So experiences are not valuable because of their initial pleasurable or painful impacts, but by whether or not they lead to the lessening of ignorance. So what Patanjali is saying here is that we as humans have this tendency to get caught up in the illusion that, oh, like I ate this cookie and it released sugar in my blood and I feel happy. This is pleasure. And you start to think that it's like the cookie that's making you happy, right? We, we, that's like transference, right? Or you think it's like the sports car is making you happy or making you, you or the jacket, right? And it's all just not true. 
So what really matters is not whether an experience is quote unquote good or quote unquote bad, but did the experience ultimately bring you into deeper alignment with your true self? Do you feel more connected with the world around you? Do you feel more connected with your purpose? And are you moving with more grace and awareness? Those are the questions you want to be asking about your experiences. I think sometimes, especially as yoga addicts, because I know I'm a yoga addict, we do yoga because we want to feel better. We want to feel good. And we we kind of think we're successful in our life and our practice if we're constantly feeling good. But constantly getting that hit of feeling good is, is really not what it's about. It's about realizing that there is no good and there is no bad. There's just these experiences and just like layers of an onion, they're bringing us deeper and deeper into alignment or into contact with our true self and what we're here to contribute in the world. (laughs) So according to the sutras, this is the question which we should really be focused on. Are we moving with more grace and awareness? Are we feeling more connected to the world around us and our purpose? When you look through that lens, some really horrific experiences, especially ones that I've had recently where I maybe made judgment calls I wish I hadn't or done things differently. At the time, I was experiencing like pleasure, pain, 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 a lot of pain when I was like going through the experience. But through this lens that Patanjali offers now coming out of that, it's like, whoa, that was a really awesome experience because it got me even more centered and aligned and clear on my purpose and what I really want. So even goals that seem like they might be really good, like I have to do a yoga class every day or I have to go to a yoga studio every day. You know, what does that mean? If, if you don't make it to the studio, does it become a bad day? And then are you beating yourself up with negative self-talk? Like, oh, I miss my meditation practice or oh, I miss my yoga practice, right? Is the rest of the day ruined because of that? Because if so, again, you're in that glass box sort of setting yourself up potentially for failure. And I can share the story of last week how I, I like completely ditched my yoga practice on a whim. I brought my yoga mat to the studio and there was some wacky dance class being offered instead. And I just went to that class and you know left my yoga mat with my coat outside and just did something else. And you know if I had the goal of doing yoga absolutely every single day, this was like a bad rule-breaking decision. But that particular wacky dance class that I went to was exactly what I needed in that moment. And it was super, super healing. And now it's informing all kinds of new ideas for both my yoga sequences and teacher training material and so, so much else. So in that moment, instead of sticking with my goal or sticking with my rules, I just stayed open and present and I felt attracted to this class and I just went with it spontaneously. And I had such a great experience with the class that I went back twice more. And now I'm even thinking about doing maybe some certification or deeper training in that method. So in that, in doing that, maybe this spring, right? Maybe I'm going to meet someone or meet a teacher who's going to completely change and blow up my perspective on something. And maybe that's going to lead me to something else really cool or some sort of fusion of yoga and dance and these new concepts. Or maybe I'm going to get so into this method that I'm going to realize that's what I'm actually supposed to be doing and that's what I'm actually here to contribute. And again, I'm kind of going on a tangent here in purpose, on purpose to help you realize that so many of us, like you may think that you're on your path, but... 
by being so heads down, you don't realize that like the, the true road and your true path is actually somewhere else, which is why I think the practice of yoga and our job is to stay constantly curious and open-hearted, open-minded, and to live in a state of flow. So set goals if that's your thing, but don't let them box you in. Because being on track is really overrated. And I think we hear that a lot, especially of people who come to yoga. It's like, oh, well, I was, you know, I got the promotion and I made a bunch of money and I did all the things that I was supposed to do. I was quote unquote on track, but I wasn't happy. It's like, yes, exactly. Being on track is overrated. And society really wants us to stay on track. (laughs) You know, you may have family or friends or peer pressure that really want you to stay quote unquote on track. But the reality is often if you stay on track, whether it's with your own goals or goals that maybe have just been set up for you or goals that you've inherited from your family or society, you're inadvertently shutting yourself down from all these other experiences and synchronicities that are out there that are really going to serve you. So ultimately the best goal in my mind is just to really trust yourself and do whatever it takes to live a life where you're fully present and not reacting, meaning to live a life in which you're fully in tune with who you are and your purpose in each moment and acting accordingly as opposed to reacting or forcing yourself to do things because you think you're supposed to do them. It's such a different energy. And when I say do whatever it takes to be in that sort of present grounded mindset and lead your life, that whatever it takes could mean doing yoga, doing meditation, running, dancing, jumping up and down in your underwear at home alone, blasting music, eating cookies. I don't know. It's going to be different for everyone and it's going to be different on different days. But the practice is to do whatever it takes to be fully present. And yoga is probably the most powerful tool that I've found to do that, which is why I call myself quote unquote a yoga teacher. But again, it can be a combination of a variety of things because ultimately we don't want to live for the future. We don't want to be dwelling in the past. We want to open ourselves up because there's so much magic happening right now. And when we have too much of a plan or too much of a goal, we miss all the synchronicity and the gifts that the universe is trying to tell us and show us. We're two heads down. We want to be in the moment. That's what the yoga practice ultimately is all about. Presence, being here, now. It's about the now. So in order to do this, you need a really strong personal practice, an abundance of tools, right? Tools meaning yoga, meditation, pranayama, journaling, dozens of other things, all the things we explore and uplifted basically. And you need a community, a satsang, which is a Sanskrit word for a community of a like-minded peers, a community of like-minded peers. You need to be supported by people who are also on this path and who are supporting you to travel on your own unique path because so many programs and things out there are just going to try to tell you the answer, the way, and you can try them on and they may or may not work, but ultimately it's up to you. It's on you to figure out the whatever it takes, (laughs) the toolbox of activities that's always shifting that's going to help you stay fully present day to day. And I think what Uplifted is and what Uplifted stands for, and if you don't know what Uplifted is, check it out at upliftedyoga.com, but it's a community where I'm constantly offering you guys tools and we're offering one another support 
to travel this path, each of us finding our own individual way that we want to go. So instead of goals for 2017, I am focused 100% just on my mindset and my belief patterns that I want to shift in order to be more fully present. I think I have you know, a strong yoga and meditation practice in the next level now as I really want to start attacking just the, the mindless chatter, right? I think we can all relate to that, just the mindless thoughts that are constantly in your head or deep held belief patterns, most of which you've probably inherited from your parents, family, society, and shifting those. Because instead of thinking about a goal or a resolution or like I should act this way or I should do this or this should, you know, my, I want to achieve this. It's like instead of the goal being like I want to achieve this, what if you just had the mindset of someone who had already achieved it? You're going to get there so much faster, right? So what I'm working on is identifying the thought patterns that aren't serving me, that aren't serving my being fully present, that aren't serving my flow state. And I'm doing like a methodical takedown of them, like guerrilla warfare takedown of these thoughts and reprogramming my brain with the mindset and thoughts that I know help me be present, that I know help me feel grounded, feel safe. So that I can be really in that magic moment of the now all the time instead of worried about the future, worried about the past, worried about what someone else is going to think, worried about my goal, worried about meeting my goal, you know, all that noise. So if that's something you're interested in, January 9th in Uplifted, we're doing a live call, live lesson just around this where I'm going to walk you through how to do it and then we're going to go even deeper into it in February. So it's a great time to join Uplifted if you're not a member, if you want to check that out and of course get access to all things Yoga Sculpt, which is happening in January as well. So check all that out at upliftedyoga.com if you're interested and just keep this in the back of your mind as you go into New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. You don't need to set all these crazy aggressive goals if you don't want to and sometimes the best planning you can do can be to really just think about your mindset and being really present for those around you and especially, especially for yourself. I hope you found this podcast helpful. If so, I'd love it if you'd give me a thumbs up. If you're not part of our Facebook community, you want to get over there, yogahackshackscommunity.com. That's like my completely free Facebook community for all of us to just talk and nerd out about yoga whenever we want. And of course, check out Uplifted if you want to go deeper on all things yoga with me and get access to member-only live calls, personal feedback from me on your yoga practice and poses, mentorship, and of course, the rockstar community and member-only classes and all that stuff that make up Uplifted. So much love. Happy New Year. Thanks for making 2016 so awesome. And from my heart to yours, namaste. Namaste.